Big Sloth. I want you to get out of the water. What? I want you to give up that terrible job. Come on, Mom, you can't be serious. Damn right I'm serious. We're just getting started. We just got our first grant last... I don't want you anywhere near the water. Mom, you're upset. Come on, just... Come on, sit down, will you? We'll get dinner. I don't it's want right. anyone in my family anywhere near the water. Never again. Never. Hey, come on. You can't believe that voodoo. Sharks don't commit murder. They don't pick out a person. It picked and out it... Sean. It killed your father. Dad died from a heart attack. He died from fear. The fear of it killed him. Mom, 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 mom. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining. And do we have a maligned movie for you this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are... Uh, what well, do you want to tell the people our, our sure, theme for the we month? Are, we're kicking off the month of August with deep cut sequels or deep sequels, whatever you want to call it, but... Uh, part fours or greater is sort of where we're looking for yeah. most of these. Uh, and we just, we decided uh, if you're going to go for it, and as one thing that's been the theme of this podcast, we reward people that go for it. We're going for it this week. Uh, we're going for it with Jaws, The Revenge, the fourth movie in the Jaws franchise. Which feels like a fitting starting point because Jaws is often credited as uh, the original summer blockbuster film. And so thus... Its sequels were inevitable, and they are not good. No, uh, not good at all. Um, Just 2 is, like, fine. 3D is, is terrible, and and this one is terribler. And 3D is, like, it's SeaWorld, right? Like, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's SeaWorld. It's not even an Amity <laughs> Island. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so, the, yeah, so this is Jaws 4. Also, uh, good to note that Spielberg got out of there after one. Well, he got out after one. He yeah. was smart. Yeah, he knew. He knew what was up. I, I mean, which is funny to say, because then he still made Indiana Jones 4, uh, which is, I'm for sure, a future episode of this show. <laughs> what movie is that? Like, yeah, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I remember them talking about making a fourth <laughs> movie. But then it never happened. Oh, yeah. I have bad news for you, buddy. But uh, but yeah, in this regard. This year, is that what's bad about it? <laughs> in this regard, uh, young, scrappy Spielberg knew to get out while the getting was good. Uh, so, he, so he was not involved in the subsequent Jaws films. But uh, yeah, they, they made. Amazingly, he didn't even take producer credits or anything. He was out just yeah. hands washed. Probably a good move. I mean, well, I think this is the only one that didn't make a lot of money because I think two and three were still reasonably successful. Well, they kept making them, so there must yeah. have been some reason. <laughs> there must have been a reason for it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's also important to start that uh, Jaws is one of my all-time favorite movies. Like, it's it's I could maybe argue that it might even be in my top five all-time favorite movies. Like, I really I think it's it's. Other than like some of the special effects, like the shark obviously not having aged incredibly well uh, from a technical standpoint, but um, it's it's pretty close to a perfect movie in in my view. It is a great movie, and it's it's funny. I don't know how deep you've ever gone listening, but uh, the shark was it apparently never worked. 
Uh, it, yeah. they just had all these problems and, but it's funny because I feel like that worked to their advantage in that hundred percent it forced Spielberg to film things differently, like to use the camera as the shark. And then you had John Williams score selling the menace of the shark that probably did a lot more for the movie than if the shark had worked, we had seen more of it, uh, as evident by this movie where you see a lot of the shark and the shark is very silly. Yeah. Um, especially when it roars at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, okay, so uh, we've established uh, Jaws, I don't know that I would put it in my top five, but it's a great movie. Like, And, and I rewatched it before I watched this because I felt like it had been a long time since I saw it. And I, I'm both glad I did and uh, sad that I watched it. I'm glad that I watched it, but then... Yeah. Th- to immediately counterbalance it with... Yeah, I don't know revenge. that I needed to, to. Although, like, so I guess a place to start if you have not seen... Uh, Jaws the Revenge. Maybe you've only seen the original Jaws. The hilarious conceit of all the sequels is that they continue to involve the Brody family, (laughs) which is very funny to me. I don't think they had to do that. I think they could have just made shark movies movies. in different locations with new heroes, and that probably would have worked better. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one thing because like Roy Scheider was pretty bankable star in the 70s so i get trying to bring him back again for at least the first sequel i get that i get doing maybe he becomes the quinn part you know um yeah because he's now a shark killing expert so i can see the connection with that but i think you could probably have gotten away from the brody family yeah Um, i think it would have been better because it's for sure the silliest thing about this movie is the fact that i mean it's called jaws the revenge it is the belief of, you know, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, but Brody's widow, uh, that the shark is targeting their family, which I also don't even understand because they kill the shark in every movie. So I don't know what shark is targeting their family. Sharks per se. are a hive mind, apparently. Yeah, sharks are a hive mind and they <laughs> can travel from, you know, what is it, New England to, yeah. to Hawaii to SeaWorld to wherever. They they Their mobility is amazing. You know, it's they can go wherever they want. They're sharks. They're magical creatures. They're <laughs> magical fictional creatures that <laughs> don't obey the laws of physics or science. I... <laughs> I have this note. Maybe we'll just get it out of the way now because I don't want to forget to mention it. But Peter Benchley is a guy who uh, wrote the novel. Uh, and yes. I think he worked on the screenplay for the first film. If I'm he not did. Mis- yeah, yeah, he yeah. was one of the he was if he wasn't a full on co-writer, he definitely was and definitely. He was yeah. very involved because this is another one of those things where uh, with the original Jaws, the turnaround was very quick from the book being published to the movie being made. I think it was within it was two years. The rights got sold before. The book, like the movie rights got sold before the book was even like, I think out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I saw when I was looking up stuff for this that he later in his life regretted ever having written this that uh, because it encouraged this widespread public fear of sharks, uh, which then caused sharks to be uh, murdered in large numbers and like populations just of- kept throwing uh, oxygen tanks and sharks mouths and yeah, them with bullets exactly and, it's the tale as old as time this they kept doing but uh <laughs> but, but no, yeah, yeah and, he, he, and he devoted the rest of his life to oceans conservancy yeah because of yeah. the fact that sharks uh became like certain species of sharks actually became endangered because of how which like 
I'm both like incredibly sympathetic towards him, but also like, yeah, I mean, that's this certainly the film franchise, maybe more than the book. But like, yeah, I, I do think it created this shark panic that is not mm-hmm. founded like sharks aren't that <laughs> dangerous in reality. Well, no, because well, it's highly unlikely that a lot of sharks are even going to run across humans. Yeah. In general. Um, but I think it's that like cows kill more people in a year than sharks do mm-hmm. pretty consistently. And we ain't scared of cows. Until our book comes out that we've been yeah. working on. <laughs> uh, it's just like Jaws. It's just called Moo. And it's, yeah, it's just moo. It's about this uh, sheriff that goes to a, a small dairy town and uh, they're getting ready to have their cheese festival and they don't want to shut it down because there's so much money uh, that comes in into cheese festival. But then People the cows milk those cows in the dairy fields. But then the cows start going mad and uh, they start attacking people. Yeah. Um Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just I'm, I'm always pitching. You know me, always like a, pitching. You're yeah. you're you're an idea machine. <laughs> pitch a minute, this guy. But let's. Um, can we get one? Let's thing? talk about. I, I want to get one thing out of the way because I don't want it to loom over the entire show. I think we should settle this debate that has been raging online for years and years and years, which is: Is Jaws: The Revenge a Christmas movie? <laughs> Definitely a Christmas movie. It's right? full of yeah. Christmas themes. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's for sure a Christmas movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to, you know, I felt like we needed to weigh in, you know? Yeah. That debate is, is incredibly important. Um, Man, this movie's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. Um, so to be clear, oh, okay, so we kind of talked around it, but let, let's give people the... The log line. So it's again, it's the the Brody family in this uh, the the father. Uh, what's his name? The the character chief, you know, chief uh, Martin Brody, Martin Brody. He uh, as in the clip at the top of the show, he has died either of a run of the mill heart attack or because he was so terrified of sharks. Uh, that that killed him. Twelve years after the, he fought the first shark, it finally caught up to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call it the silent killer, let me tell you. Uh, so, he he is no longer with us. And then the, the inciting incident of this film is that uh, it's Sean Brody is yes, then... Uh, his younger son, I think. The right? youngest son is also... Killed by it. Well, is for right. sure is the, killed is the by new sh- is the new sheriff of Amity Island, mm-hmm. and, and on Christmas Eve, maybe mm-hmm. Christmas season, regardless. Yeah, uh, he's out investigating something in the water, and um, and possibly an inciting incident for the Sharknado franchise. <laughs> uh, a great white shark jumps out of the water. Eats his arm mm-hmm. and then proceeds to eat the rest of him. Yeah, but we do a, a nice long extended shot of him sitting there with his with his raincoat in tatters and his arm gone. Yeah, and it it doesn't at all look like he's a guy wearing a shirt that's a little bit longer to hide his shoulder in. No, no, not no. even a little bit. No, I and mean, if that shot's that good, you're gonna linger on it. You really want oh, the yeah, audience gonna, to have you're time. You're gonna want to make people really take that in. How. <laughs> accurate it looked that this man had been dismembered because you're you're the kind of director that with the forethought to realize someday people are going to have 4k televisions they're going to be able to upscale this to high def and really appreciate how good these details are 
So he dies. So he dies. And <laughs> yeah. then uh, rightfully so, I will say, uh, the, the matriarch of the family tells her other son who works on, he's, uh, you know, a marine biologist. He works on the water like, hey, maybe don't do that. Maybe do a yeah. different thing. Who uh, apparently has given up his job as an engineer at SeaWorld to become a marine biologist. Tale as old as time. Uh, and here's another funny thing about this movie. Uh, it totally discounts the existence of Jaws 3D. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, in, yeah. in so much as some of the promotional material was uh, the thrilling third chapter of the <laughs> Jaws saga. <laughs> and like the completion of the Jaws trilogy. Which, Even I though mean, there was a, th a third movie. But I think you can see, if you really watch this one, it's pretty clear this was the original trilogy that Peter Benchley had always imagined. Oh, for sure. This is yeah. this is his Return of the King. This is his... Mm -hmm. I mean, the SeaWorld stuff, that's ridiculous. But the idea that's that insane. sharks can travel across the globe to hunt down one particular family, I think, is exactly what he grudges. wanted. Yeah, the sharks notoriously hold grudges. <sighs> so anyways <laughs> so um, they go to uh, they go on vacation to an island uh, yeah, they go to where uh, Michael his uh, conch research is is mm -hmm. happening in the Bahamas mm -hmm. and they're and, you know she's traumatized because of all of this stuff surrounding the ocean so you really want to get her away from that to a different you know body of water island like yeah you know, a different ocean a different ocean because that's Except, going you know because that's the North Atlantic where New England is, and this is the middle to South Atlantic. <laughs> uh, Two different oceans. Yeah. Couldn't be more different. Uh, so, yeah. So, they go there, and <laughs> obviously, I don't want to uh, forget to mention that they meet Hoagie along the way. Oh, Hoagie. The rapscallion pilot. Uh, who's who's flying them <laughs> to the island? The gambling addicted rapscallion pilot, yeah. played by the one and only Mike O'Kane. Who else would you get for the role? I mean, who else could play this part? I mean, there's some roles like you see, and like you couldn't picture anybody else in that role. And this is this is one of them. I mean, this is right up there with Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa, mm -hmm. with you know uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Like Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, Michael Caine as Hoagie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's what we always think of first in Michael Caine's career. You know, fun fact about this: uh, he was unable to attend his acceptance of his Oscar for Hannah and Her Sisters because he was filming reshoots for this movie, so he, he <laughs> couldn't accept the Oscar uh, that he won. Do we want to get into his quote now or do we want to save that? That might be a silver lining. Like, Yeah, I mean, this quote is, is pretty famous. So, I mean, we're talking about Michael Caine. Um, yeah, he said, uh, I haven't seen this movie. By all accounts, it's terrible. But I've seen the house it built me. And that's quite nice. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, that we'll just we'll go ahead and put a pen. In. That is a silver lining. That's a that's For sure. A, yeah. Like anytime Michael Caine, you know, he is one of the most honest and hilarious people to talk about his own career. Uh, and that quote is up there with 
when he once said that he chooses roles by looking at the first page of the script and looking at the last page of the script. And if his character's name is on both of them, then he does the film. <laughs> um, yeah. Another great quote uh, in regards to, again, again, related to this movie, it's something to the effect of, um, I don't know. I had a pretty good weekend. I had a paid vacation to the Bahamas and I won an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless him. He's the, he is he is the best of us. Yeah. It is a shame in this movie he never gets the chance to to say I've buried enough members of the Brody family. <laughs> I think that would have been good. I heard that was actually in the script and that's what inspired Christopher Nolan's line, uh Chris and John Nolan's line in the script for uh Dark Knight Rises. I did there was something in this movie and I I meant to write it down, but he goes into a story as Hoagie about uh, a, a time when he was in the jungle, like, you know, tracking someone that did sound a bit like uh, Alfred's uh, description of like, you know, when he was trying to explain the Joker to Bruce Wayne and in Rangoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I definitely perked up for that. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> uh, so do I have to go back and look through? Does he do that in all of his movies? Or, or is it, does Nolan wish to imply that Hoagie uh, somehow becomes Alfred? <laughs> I don't know if that timeline makes any sense. I'm pretty sure Bruce Wayne had to be alive by 1987, but. But he could have been living a double life. That's true. And that's right. where Bruce got it from. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Where, where, <laughs> I don't so they meet Hoagie. They meet um, Hoagie. They go to the Bahamas. There's a budding romance between, uh. Mrs. Brody and Hoagie, they have sort of a flirtatious thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, for uh, sure. It never gets, like, really delved into. Like, they have... Like, they never kiss. They never, like... Well, that's because he's also uh, dealing with this trauma that is not <laughs> being addressed and kind of being gaslit about <laughs> this. Of, like, everyone be like, oh, mom, it's so crazy that you think this. But it's like, well, but... She kind of look. She kind of like. I think the stats are on her side. If you look at, you know, the probability of this many members of your family encountering sharks at all times, like, you know, as as the old saying goes, one family member gets attacked by a shark, shame on me. <laughs> Two family members get attacked by sharks, shame on the shark. Yeah. Yep. No, for sure. Um. I, so, anyways, and. There they meet uh, Mike Brody's friend Jake, Mario Van Peebles. Mario Van Peebles, yeah. Um, who I love Mario Van Peebles. I think he's he's great. I don't think he's great in this. I think no. that that, um, that Bahamas accent is is very put on. It it sounded did not sound authentic to me. N no, I yeah, I I agree with everything that you're <laughs> saying. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's 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 about as good as Hermes Conrad in Futurama. Whoa, well, no, Hermes Conrad comparatively is <laughs> uh, brilliant compared to. Well, but it's it's like fake Jamaican, not yeah, real Jamaican. But Hermes is meant to be fake cartoon Jamaican <laughs> versus. Well, right, but that's what I'm saying. But this yeah. is like it is yes. a cartoonish accent in this movie. Yes, that's. Yeah. Um, but I will say that he was, other than doing the bad accent, a capable marine biologist, a capable, you know, 
boater, uh, arguably immortal. Yeah, I I don't know if we want to jump ahead to that. His his surviving is nonsensical. He yes. we see Mario Van Peebles in the jaws of, of Jaws of Jaws being like Jaws is biting down on him. There is blood all across Everywhere. his midsection. Then he goes underwater for I don't know like five minutes, <laughs> and then just at least and then just pops up at the end and, and it's like pops up every ting irie yeah he's great and then we through the magic of editing they're they're out of the wall because the plane they sink the plane uh yep. and then they sink the boat and they're all mm-hmm. just floating out there and he's just bleeding out but then boom editing they're all fine yep i think this is even beyond editing it was just credits roll they're all fine well the, we saw them out of the water like i think they got on the plane i'm trying to remember what the last oh, shot that's is that's right it does end with uh mrs brody getting on the plane yeah so and yeah sitting it, next to hoagie it honestly would have been better to roll the credits of with them still in the water that would have made more sense honestly because yeah, i mean that's the way the original jaws ended mm-hmm. the original jaws which also had the same problem of like it's unclear how he got out of the water at the end. I mean, someone it makes more sense in that movie because someone he would had have access fa- to scuba gear. He had access to scuba gear. He also was purposefully steering the ship towards the beach like the whole time, you know, but uh, yeah, I- I- anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of the movie also features uh mrs brody just getting freaked out by anything remotely shark related mm-hmm. um there's also numerous times throughout the film uh including at the end where she has flashbacks to things that she has not seen personally she did not experience <laughs> yeah, yeah which is kind of weird <laughs> like she keeps <laughs> like she remembers the end of the first jaws that she was not there for uh, and she remembers her youngest son dying, which she was also not there for. Yeah, which that one they could have fixed if they wanted to, because that was in this movie. So right, they could have uh, put her there. They could have had her on the boat. But no, she so she keeps like flashing to things that happened that she did not see happen. Uh, yeah, she's very traumatized, but also doing a love story with Michael Caine, which very curious what that thought process was. Uh, well, we want her sad, but not too sad, you know? Right. Um, then there's also like the barely addressed subplot of the stress of his marine biology job straining Mike's marriage to his uh, very horny wife. Yeah. (laughs) His wife who at one point literally slingshots her underwear at him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she's just trying to make her art and get some. And, and get and get hers yeah and aren't we all isn't that what we're all doing in life just trying to make our art and get ours i mean this podcast is our art so i yeah. mean that's yeah halfway there <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing uh yeah so like she's not really a character in any meaningful way um she's just kind of there uh there's also so like, yeah he should probably be married so we'll have him be married but also uh, the timeline of any of this makes no sense. I, I mean, as you mentioned, he... I mean, we're, I guess we're pretending that Jaws 3D didn't happen, but even ignoring the fact that he had a different job in that movie, the he was... Because, like, so the original movie <laughs> takes place in 1975. Uh, and 
it, this is a different actor playing Michael, but that actor in that movie uh, was uh, 12 when <laughs> that movie was made. This movie takes place 12 years later, which math would say he would be 24 and he's now married and has a child that it's impossible to uh, to determine her age. The actual actress who played her is nine, but she looks younger. So, yeah. uh, arguably, but, probably seven or eight when it was filmed. Yeah, uh, but so, so we even can say s- anywhere between six and eight years old. I think is a reasonable. Yeah. So, but none of that. So, even if you say six, he should have had her when he was eighteen. Like. I just none of the none of the math adds up for for Not even how, a little bit how like they just jumped forward in time uh, because they wanted him to be grown up and no way is that actor twenty four years old no I, the guy who's playing him uh, was actually twenty seven when he made this I, yeah, I see? yeah but yeah no twenty four because they recast uh, right. Michael but yeah. About the only person they didn't recast was uh, Mrs. Brody because uh, Lorraine Gary played played him in, in all of these. Yeah, but and, and again, I think this gets into so why at that point you're recasting everybody. What is even why are you trying to hang on to this family from? And, and it's funny because I feel like this is a thing that horror movies really did figure out is like, you know, for Jaws, Jaws is the selling point. It's the same thing right. if it was Freddy or if it's Jason or, you know, maybe if it's Halloween and you want to bring back Jamie Lee Curtis, that makes sense. But for the most part, the the protagonist can just easily be replaced. What you want to see is the shark. Well, didn't isn't like Nancy or whatever the the main protagonist in all the Friday or all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? I don't, is that true? I don't know. Maybe I, 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 I I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure that the Jason movies it's all different. Yeah, no, the Jason it's movies. Jason terrorizing a new group of people. But I think all of them at some point have thrown out because I mean in you know Freddy versus Jason uh, future <laughs> fodder for this podcast. I know for it's sure. just a it's a completely different uh, group of people. Anyway, I mean yeah, that's we don't need to get but like. Point being, in in these kind of movies where, like, the villain, the, you know, is the selling... The shark is what we want to see. Like, we don't necessarily... If you can't get Roy Schneider back, then, like, it doesn't really matter who's the shark right. is eating. <laughs> like... Yeah, and, and that's, like, maybe if you end, like, the previous movie with the shark killing martin brody and getting away and then the revenge is logical because you're going after the thing that got your dad but that's still not at all what happens no it's the shark that's getting revenge right <laughs> it's my understanding of the title i mean i th- i think so the shark is trying to enact revenge for having the brody family been so mercilessly killing other sharks what's well, just like if i was involved in the writing i say you know as you said at the top it's the go big thing I would have had some shots of maybe the, a shark watching <laughs> the shark die in a previous movie. <laughs> like, give us more of the shark's perspective. The you know? same sepia tone flashbacks. Yeah, <laughs> but the shark is having them. <laughs> Just like intercut of like the shark and then Ellen Brody and then the shark and then Ellen Brody and yeah. the shark and then Ellen Brody. We find out that the Jaws from the first movie was like a week away from retirement. And... <laughs> 
I can't understand why these three like drunk guys keep chasing after it and just shooting it with harpoons and like get tying barrels to it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that would have been more fun, at least. Like they 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 teach this shark learns to have an un- unnatural fear of barrels. <laughs> it's that's the that's like the weakness that's the Achilles heel of the shark is just seeing barrels. Honestly, yeah, that's what I want from this movie. I want a parallel story where it's it's Mrs. Brody and the shark are having just the same journey. And it, then the end could be beautiful because maybe they meet each other and they see each other's shared pain and they decide to break the cycle. And then Hoagie gets real jealous because he was putting the moves on, but she falls for a shark instead. And then the, and then he gets eaten. Yeah. Yeah. By Ellen Brody. <laughs> twist <laughs> okay well i is there um, anything yeah do you got anything else you want to cover before we gotta we try to find some silver linings here yeah so the just the, some of the other like so all in all like this shark in this like the shark in the original jaws caused a lot of havoc mm-hmm. it kills the girl in the beginning um kills the boys in the boat kills the boy when they the the um, mayor opens the beaches, uh, kills Quint, mm-hmm. etc. Um, but this shark, it, it, so it kills Sean Brody in the in the opening scene, and then doesn't really do a whole lot to. It, it has an encounter with with Michael Brody, yeah, uh, which Michael escapes from. Uh, a, you know, it's a shark chase torn straight from Little Mermaid. Basically, it's basically <laughs> that scene. Yeah, uh, and then. Out of nowhere, and then it attacks uh, this weird banana boat that's getting pulled by like a jet ski through the harbor. Uh, that uh, the youngest Thea Brody is on the boat, but she mm-hmm. is fine, and she just sees the woman next to her get eaten alive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and because it, it's in front of a huge crowd of people, and then the next scene is them going after it, like. Uh, you all but see Michael Brody like put on the Rambo bandana mm-hmm. and be like, this time it's personal and go out to kill. Well, and they go into the final sequence where they attack the, sh- or no, Ellen does rather. Ellen well, that's does. what I was going to say. Cause she, yeah, she's the one who goes out and then the rest of them and then seem they to follow her in the plane. Yeah. Hobie's plane. And then um, crash the plane into the water and sink it. To try to get the shark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then they, they kill the shark. And that's it. Yep. All yeah. right. So silver linings. It's very funny to me. The plot. The uh, plot is very funny to me. Like um, I, I continue to be amused by the idea that a shark is getting vengeance on people. And it's funny every time I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and only to be hinted that that's it without any confirmation of those motives. No, it is entirely possible to <laughs> well, maybe this is a silver lining. One interpretation of this movie is that Roy Schneider just had a heart attack. He just died unrelated because he had a bad maybe he ate a lot of red meat. We don't know. His, uh, but like it was he, a smoker. He was he a smoker. Drink. Yeah, he didn't seem like he took care of himself super well. So like he had a heart attack. He died. Uh, their youngest son was attacked by a shark. But then they go to the Bahamas and then spend the rest of the movie hunting an unrelated shark that actually had nothing to do with the death of her youngest son or her husband. 
That's an entirely plausible. Oh, incredibly plausible. It's just that she's she, maybe this is what Peter Benchley was <laughs> devoting his life to solving was the fact that like she's just murdering unrelated sharks that aren't actually causing any problems that because there's also, a different i am legend-esque movie where <laughs> ellen brody is the uh the shark slayer which is funny because that is something in the original jaws is that like that's what's interesting that's actually in that movie is that they do kill a shark that isn't the shark right. like that's actually right, a other big... people that kill a tiger shark that yeah, like, we got it. And everyone's like, no, it's smaller than the shark that did the other stuff. Yeah, it's Richard like, Dreyfus. Nope, we got it. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus is being like, nah. And he wants to like cut open the stomach of the, the shark to be like, hey, let's see if that boy is in its stomach, uh, which people are really squeamish about for some reason softies yeah but uh but no so like totally possible that none of these sharks are related and this is actually a movie about you know uh trauma and just not you know being just able a to a way to respond to trauma yeah it could be i don't think that's what they intended though no um one thing i think that's also important to mention and it doesn't count at all as a silver lining and would arguably have made the movie worse um, but in the novelization of this movie, they included items that were in the original script that they decided to drop for the sake of filming. But in this movie, uh, Michael Brody has a, a, a run in with a voodoo priest and that voodoo priest uh, then basically possesses the sharks to go after the Brody family. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a no, good. No, it's plot. terrible. They, that shouldn't it's, have. I, that was a good. Ed, so the silver lining is that they cut that they out of the film. Showed that restraint. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but apparently in the book, and I, I wish I could find a copy of it. Um, there are scenes written from the shark's perspective, yes. where it like doesn't understand why it's going after these people when it's not its normal food source and things like that. Okay, that sounds <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> but it's being p possessed by the voodoo priest. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, one silver lining. I do think that um, Lorraine Gary gives a good performance in this movie, that she gets to be the centerpiece of the movie. I think she does. She she's one of the gives one of the better performances in this movie. Yeah, I don't even think that's in question. I don't like, um, No one else is trying to give as good of a performance as her. Because I love Michael Caine, but he is on autopilot. Like, oh, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> he is he is on Harrison Ford in the Rise of Skywalker level autopilot in this movie. Hey, he put the costume on, so he's one step ahead of Harrison Did, Ford. Do we know that he did? Do we know that's not how Michael Caine dressed in the you 80s? Know, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, Lorraine Gary, uh, and interestingly, her very first movie, Jaws, her very last movie, Jaws the Revenge. Well, she got the the revenge on the shark, and then yeah, her so work was done. what else did she need to do? Her work was finished. Ha having accomplished all that she set out to do, there was no reason to run for a second term. <laughs> um, but I would, I would say her, I think she does a good job. I don't think anyone else really does in the movie. Nope. So I would say that's, that's a silver line. She does... She acts in a way better movie than this movie is. Yeah. I think the shark crushed it. I think the shark gave a really good performance. The shark. I mean, that was a good roar that the shark gave. Yeah. You know, the roar was good. The having Mario Van Peebles in its jaws was really great. Um, The look of disgust when it wasn't able to eat Michael Brody when they were chasing through the, the 
sunken wreck. It's honestly, it's so hard to tell too whether it's the same robot shark from the original Jaws or if it's a cheaper one, but like, cause it looks cheaper than the one in the first Jaws, but that could just be that the filmmaking is better to hide that when Spielberg made it versus like, we're just seeing, but it, it looks so much like a puppet. Like it's this, definitely, it's, it's such a robot. Yeah. Which is, I, which is a silver lining for me in that, like I, <laughs> I find the shark very funny. So I, yeah, the shark is, the shark <laughs> is, is, is wonderfully dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got that. Um, I, I'm really trying here. I'm really trying yeah, to think. I mean, I think the Michael Caine quote, um, I think watching this movie with that in mind, I think tells you everything you need to know about this movie. Yeah. Mike was like, yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I've heard it's really bad. But he did get to buy a house out of it. Which isn't that we want Michael Caine to buy that house. Like he deserves yeah, it. Michael Caine deserves that house. For sure. That, you know, he's he's put in the work. He deserves that house. Yep. And who knows? Maybe it maybe I wonder if he's still living in that house today. Probably not. No, he probably has a bigger, better house. Probably does have a bigger, better house because his mm. career continue. He continued to get more high profile work after this. Yeah, but I mean, he's got he's got all those Nolan movies under his belt now. So yeah, I mean, Christopher Nolan is single handedly keeping his career afloat. It would seem. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> is he in all of them except for Memento? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, because definitely all the Batman, and then he tends to do all the. I don't know if he's in Tenet. Tenet hasn't come out yet. I don't know so if he's in Tenet. That's true. Yeah. Um, um, because he was in The Prestige. He was in... He wasn't in... Was he in Interstellar? Doesn't he play the grandfather in Interstellar? He does play the grandfather in Interstellar. That's yeah, right. he's still in. Yep. Is he in Insomnia? Is that Nolan? That is. I think he might not be in I don't that think, one. I don't think he's in that. Yeah. Uh, so ever since... Uh, the the press or since uh batman begins he's in all the rest yeah i feel like he got cast in batman begins and then they they clearly loved each other enough to they just continue to, to work keep, keep doing those yeah um yeah so yeah the, the michael Caine's whole journey in this movie is i also think I, there's not enough hoagie in this movie i'm just gonna put that not, I, I thought there's gonna be a lot more hoagie yeah like he's kind of introduced in a really interesting way and there is this whole like it's almost like a subplot that doesn't develop at all where we see him gambling and then they just kind of forget about it like it would have been really <sighs> funny if at the end he like gambled away his plane <laughs> like they need <laughs> they need the plane to go get to her boat can't fly and after him i'll gamble to wipe my plane <laughs> Yeah, like they, I feel like they could have had more fun with it. He starts gambling away their like uh, all the equipment that they got from, or, fi or it finds out that he actually bet on the shark, so he loses all the money. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you could go the other way. Maybe he wins a big bet and he gets them like a big fancy boat at the end. That's what they yeah, use maybe. to hunt the shark. Um, also, he's terrible at gambling. By the way, his entire strategy was just to like go all in every hand. Yeah. I that's mean, not gambling. That's just no. That's just <laughs> running. Just 
Yeah. Um, I think Mario Van Peebles surviving is trope breaking, although nonsensical. Well, he never should have been eaten in the first place. Like, so I don't, I don't know that you get credit for like doing the thing and then making it stupid. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I inclined to agree. Um, I'm just grasping at straws here with this really bad movie. I think that, that, that again, I know we're at the silver linings part, but I don't think like, I think you kind of touched on this, but there's not enough cannon fodder. I think more people needed to get eaten in this movie. Yeah, I think the shark needed to cause, you know, I d- wouldn't have wanted to see Thea get eaten. Well, that's, I don't think any bro- any more Brodies needed to get eaten, but like, I think but someone maybe did. one of the other crewmen on the ship when they're looking at conch shells. And- I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not adverse to Hoagie get, and then, I mean, think no. about it. Like, you could have, you could have had a little fun and been like, oh, I guess the shark ate a Hoagie. And then you could have gotten that Wawa tie-in money. Yeah, that that sweet Wawa cross promotion. <laughs> yeah, the shark-sized hoagie. Yeah, and then like every year when they do Hoagie Fest, it could have just been an image of a shark with Michael Caine in its mouth. <laughs> like, I mean, that's better than what they do anyway. It's just, and I mean, it's clear Michael Caine would have signed off on that. Oh, he would have for sure. <laughs> he still might. <laughs> Uh, I the fact that he's named Hoagie is a silver lining for me, for sure. That's just what a great name. Yeah, it's what a great like not name. Yeah, and he's not Hoagie. it's not justified in any way. In the movie. It's not like his name is like Steve Hogan and they call him Hoagie. Yeah, he's just Hoagie. He doesn't. He's not credited. He doesn't have a first name or a last name definitively. He's just Hoagie. He's a mysterious man. He is. He's an, he's a riddle wrapped in an enigma. Hoagie Pennyworth. <laughs> All right. So so where are we at? Did we we've got so the short the silver lining is Michael Caine. Is Michael Caine in general? He got a house out of this. Uh, there's the the performance of um, Mrs. Brody is really great. Yeah, Lorraine Gary gives a good uh, closing performance on her career. Yeah. Um, it's very funny that the it's, shark it's is getting preposterously funny. Just not, not in, in like intentional sense, but also not in a meta sense. It's no, like, it's just funny. Yeah, no, great. I would watch more movies where sharks were getting revenge on people for sure. <laughs> like, I want to know what that tiger sharks family from the first Jaws is feeling. Man, think about how good that would have been if that's who was getting the revenge. It was the shark that was wrongfully killed in that movie. Because they were the tiger sharks are like, hey, we get it. Yeah, the great white, he's a jerk, but like yeah, he's a bastard. But you we're know, just here living our lives, swimming along, eating our fish. But Todd never hurt anybody. <laughs> Todd, Todd the shark, yeah, yeah, Todd the shark, Todd the tiger shark. <laughs> All right, well, hey, we did it. I, I I think we did the best job we could with this movie. Um, hey, we officially put more effort into finding a silver lining than they put into making the movie. So that's that is a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> I think the person that probably put the most work in was whoever did the novelization. I mean, man, in that it exists. I, that is such a thing that I do miss. Is I love that there used to be novelizations of blockbuster movies. Because I don't understand who they were for, but it's really great. Yeah. 
And there's probably some weird Ouroboros circle of someone writes a book that gets made into a movie that gets novelized. <laughs> we can only hope. So yeah, I think I think uh, I think we did it. So remember, we've buried enough members of the Brody family. <laughs> Michael Caine deserves a house. <laughs> Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. <laughs>